Fatherhood is fascinating. One day you're dad of the year, and the next day is, well, the next day. Welcome to Positively Dad, a podcast designed to help dads embrace the journey. Thank you for joining us on Positively Dad. My name's James Shaw. I'm your host. I'm a dad. My wife, Terry, and I are the proud parents of an almost eight-year-old second grader. Her name is Naomi. In fact, she'll be on the episode here at the end. She always does the kids' corner on our Monday episodes to kind of give you her thoughts on whatever it is she's thinking. So you'll want to stick around for that. I started Positively Dad back in March of 2019 just to be a resource to dad so that we could grow and get better as parents, partners, and people. And I think we're on the path to doing that. We do two podcasts every single week. On Mondays, we talk to an expert about something that's going to help us grow and get better. And then on Thursdays, we talk to a dad about being a dad. We call those Dad Talk episodes. Those are a lot of fun as well. So make sure you check them out. we got a ton of them there. And then we just found out we're the number 91 parenting podcast in the U.S. You go, 91? Well, they rank the top 250. So we know there's at least 250. And there's at least 251 because we, know we weren't in the rankings for a really long time. So to be number 91, less than a year out of the gate, I just, I mean, I, it, that's from you. So thank you for listening. It means the world to me. And I trust that we're adding value to you. That's my goal anyway. So today we're going to talk about something I think is a little bit fun, and that is how we can be a happier parent. You know, there's a lot of stresses that go on and, and stuff that happens with our kids, whether they're young or, or middle grade or teens or adults even, and it's just life gets crazy. Well, I, I, I met a woman named KJ Delatonia. She wrote a book called How to Be a Happier Parent, and I, I thought, well, that's right in alignment with a podcast called Positively Dad one where we're working to become you know, better and stronger and happier parents, partners, and people. And so I reached out to KJ, asked her if she would be on to walk us through how we can really be focused on not only raising great kids who are awesome people, how we can though also be happy too, because our own self-care and, and joy and gratitude and happiness is important as well. So I think it's going to be a good conversation. Let's jump in. KJ, thank you so much for joining us on Positively Dad. Thanks for having me. Yeah, my absolute pleasure. And you know, my goal through this podcast is to help dads grow as parents, people, and partners. That's what we always say. And your book really got my attention about how to be a happier parent. And I mean, it's stressful sometimes. There's a lot going on. We got dynamic with kids and with our spouses, and it can be tough. It can be really tough. I mean, it it seems so obvious that we should be able, you know, we, most of us chose this life, right? It's not like the fairies came and provided you with children and, uh, you know, whatever partnership that you have and whatever your family arrangement is, was not just delivered upon you. Mm. We, we set out for this. And a lot of us worked really hard, really, to have the kids that we have, right? I mean, we didn't, it, it's, it's not necessarily easy to create the family. So you'd think we'd be happy about it. And yet it can be really hard. Yeah. Well, we were happy probably the day we got married and we were happy probably the day we, we were having a baby and we were probably happy the day our baby was born and then life shows up. So yeah. how do we get through that? I mean, you've done the research. You're the expert here. How do we continue to keep that joy in our world? Well, one of the wonderful things about it is that wanting the joy and trying to have the joy, it helps you. It, it, it puts you a long way along the path to getting it setting out to try to put yourself in a position where it's just setting out to notice the things that are good in your life, 
is a big part of the battle. And then, then there's also, you know, trying to look at, well, what is my day to day and which parts of it, you know, when am I unhappy and how can I either change those things or change how I feel about those things? Mm -hmm. I guess this, that sort of feeling has got to begin with the day. Like you've got to get up and just decide that today's going to be a day that you're happy. Yeah. And, you know, if then the first hour doesn't go so great, then you have to decide again, okay, I'm not going to let that take me down. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not going to let that morning, that morning routine did not go as planned. Tomorrow will be another day. I'll get another shot at it. And right now I'm going to, I'm, I'm putting it, I'm putting it in the past. You know, I'm, I'm moving on. Developing that attitude and that ability can really change your entire day and your entire outlook. Taking some time to think about how you want to react when things don't go as planned, when your kids are either un actively unpleasant, as they sometimes are, or mm -hmm. just are unhappy, you know, or disappointed about something. Are you going to go in and blame them? Are you going to respond with sort of angry advice, which is a to, to give you an idea of like the scenario I'm thinking of is like, you know, the kid comes down and is like, I have a test and I'm not ready and it's going to be the worst day. And you're like, well, you should have studied yesterday. This is not the time to be worried about that. And by the way, it is 728. And if you're not out of here informant, that's not really super helpful to the kid mm -hmm. or you. Mm -hmm. So thinking when you're not doing it about how you'd like to respond to those moments can also help you to be happier yourself and to sort of live in a happier atmosphere. It's the ability, I guess, to almost hit the pause button and yeah. those things happen and just kind of figure out how, what's the best way to talk or communicate or get through this moment. Cause you're right. We do not have a DeLorean. We cannot go back and study for the test or redo. <laughs> we just got to learn and move forward. I just watched that movie on a bus with no sound and it, it's still a great movie. Still watch good. It with yeah, sound. It <laughs> yeah. One of the experts that I talked to said just a really simple reset. Just a really simple reset is actually literally to lift your gaze to a horizon because he said, honestly, your brain then sees a big, bigger picture. It's mm -hmm. metaphorical and it's actually physical. So to look up and out instead of, you know, down and in at the small problem that you're having. And even our big problems are small problems when you sort of look up at a horizon level. Sure can help you get that reset. It's a little yeah. it's a little trick. Yeah. I imagine that you found there are some differences between parents who tend to be happy and parents who aren't. Yep. <laughs> so what kind of differences have you found? The parents who tend to be happier, they they do they do a, a few things differently. One of them is absolutely in the attitude, but there's also just things on a on a, a sort of more mundane level. That, that parents who tend to be happier are. Parents who tend to be happier tend not to have given up the things that made them happy before okay. they had kids, or they have found different things, but that are their own things. You know, they may or may not share those things with their kids or another family, but they tend to have areas of importance and passion, whether that is career or, uh, you know, a, a joyful art or sport that are theirs. They also, parents who tend to be happier are able to distinguish a tiger from a, you know, angry kitten, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, they, they, know, they know that most of the problems that our kids face, and you and I both, you know, we are fortunate citizens of a Western nation that has its problems, but overall, 
most people who are listening are shelter and food and basic needs are 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 met and we're meeting them you know right. that it may be stressful we may have financial crises from time to all of that may be true but for the most part the problems that face our kids are not life threatening when they are that's a whole that's you know that's different and parents who tend to be happier are able to recognize that not making sports team not getting the teacher that your kid wanted even not getting into the college that your kid wanted to get into those are those are they're just they're not even problems they're you know just things mm-hmm. so parents who tend to be happier they're they're able to spot that they they know that the difference between something huge and something that's not huge and then parents that tend to be happier also don't make their day to day decisions based on what their kids want well tell me about that because i feel like <laughs> that we're in a generation now that the uh, parent orbits the child, the child can be the center of the universe and we orbit them. And, I, and not that every parent listening to this is that way. And yet it's probably pretty common. So well, it's an actually it's an expectation. So if you are listening and you are feeling like that is happening and also that it makes you unhappy or that like you're angry at yourself about it, know that there's a lot of stuff designed to sort of force you into that role from the expectations that your kid's school may be setting to the expectations of a sports team to the fact that our daily schedule, if you have school-age kids in a standard public school anywhere in this country, the daily schedule is already set up to basically require you to change your schedule in order to deal with them because your work schedule does not match their school schedule. And that, I mean, so we're, we're forced, we're pushed into this role already. And then, yeah, other societal stuff. I, I got three separate emails from my kids. One, I have four kids in three different schools and one's on a gap year. I got three separate emails from just one kid's school the other day in one day about three totally separate, please volunteer expectations. Mm -hmm. I was just like three. Really? Yeah. And it, there's one a day. It, it, I've been keeping track. It's making me crazy. I actually want to go in and talk and just say, have you guys looked at like, you know, what this really looks like for people? Well, that's what, I mean, this, is, this is what we are experiencing, though. And this, mm-hmm. uh, this is the orbit the child sort of thing. So yeah. we're going to be happier if we don't orbit our children, which means that don't we have to empower them? Yeah. So we need to resist those expectations on behalf of you know the schools or the sporting teams or or wherever else you're hearing it. Real quick, it doesn't mean don't help. I mean, if you want to help oh, and you yeah. get energy from that and that gets you excited and you want to be there every day at school, then by means go go do that. Especially and if, you- if you're at my kid's school, because mm-hmm. if you can fulfill those three expectations, none of which I stepped up for, that'd be great for me. Yeah, no, if some people it's part of the reason that we're in this place of schools having expectations is that so many people do get joy out of volunteering. So we're, we're not saying don't do that, but well, I think your point is though, and I have a friend who I think about with this a lot. She's, she's very, very busy. He's very, very busy. They've got three kids and they just simply, it doesn't work for them to go volunteer. And I know, I know there's times that they feel guilty that they're not helping or showing up. And, and it's, that's not an an emotion they need to have. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. So if there are ways that you can 
turn off that faucet of requests or get yourself to feel better about it. That's a really important contribution to your happiness. But then there's the the other side, which is just all the places that we're expected to get our kids and all the things that they're expected to have with them when they get there and all the ways that we as parents are expected to literally set them up by success, sometimes by, you know, like sort of packing the things in the backpack or or whatever. And one of the things you can do to increase both your happiness and your kids' abilities is to try to take a step back and let your kids do the things that they are capable of doing. So, and so, <laughs> I just feel like we're all over the map because there's so much to say, but sometimes even those volunteering opportunities can be, you know, we're we're packing our eighth grader off to the, the school needs volunteers for this basketball tournament. Off you go. Good luck. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I he's you're you're as every bit as capable of taking tickets at a at a table as either one of us. So sure. that's that's well, your job. Now. Well, that's but, what I meant by empowering the kids. So yeah. talk about how we do that. Like, what does that truly look like to empower our kids to do the things they're supposed to do instead of us chasing them all the time? Yeah. So let's take a step back and look at what you said earlier, which is about, you know, all of us sort of orbiting our kids. And the kids' needs coming first. And I just want to say, before we even talk about like how to stop that, that it isn't good for either us or the kids. I think that a lot of us have the illusion that the best thing we can do for our kids is to sort of be there for them all the time, to constantly be, you know, fulfilling their needs, focused on what they want, focused on what they need to succeed at school or or what they need to get to the next level of whatever activity that that they have and, you know, what they need to have their social friendships and have everything go perfectly in their lives. And the truth is that that actually is not good for kids. It's not a healthy way to be. I want, I mean, just to imagine ourselves and are imagine if your mother or father's entire happiness depended on say the success of your career if you got bad career news right now that would be bad enough for you right like yeah. you've got i mean that that's that's just but to know also that your mother's going to freak out oh yeah thanks i really needed that right so our kids are sort of, they, they have the same experience. If they don't make a team and they're super disappointed, but they also know that when they get home and tell their mom, she's going to be super disappointed. And maybe she's going to do embarrassing things like calling coaches or, you know, calling other parents or, or trying to form a new team to make things better for you. I mean, that's, that's freaky for a kid because the kid's first reaction is probably, oh, okay, I didn't make the A-level team blows, but hey, there's a B-level team that, you know, the kid probably has a little natural perspective, but the minute you blow it out of proportion, the kid's like, oh, maybe this means a lot. Mm. Maybe like, I'm never going to have any friends again. I'm never going to get into the college I want to go to. I'll never get the job. I want. You know, it, it gets huge. That's part of it. And also our kids don't like us to feel unhappy. So the idea that, you know, if I come home and say, oh, Mom, I, I, you know, my, my friend's having a birthday party and I didn't get invited and I'm really upset. And let's just say that's not how your child would say it. And then the mom is going to be every bit as upset. That is also super stressful for our kids. And again, it's that same thing of, wow, this didn't look like a tiger to me until you sort of started to turn it into a tiger. So 
there's that. And then there's also, I don't think it is not good for kids to feel like the entire family's schedule revolves around them. They are unable to, you know, support themselves, support the family, cook, clean. Their needs are important, but the needs of the adults in the family that are holding the family together and providing for the family, those are more important. And I think any sort of, that's a pretty easy thing to see from the outside. Mm -hmm. And so for a kid to feel like their parents' schedule or their parents' days revolve around them, that everything at their parents' work can be dropped in order to, you know, pick them up at school because they would prefer not to take the bus. It's just, it's not a healthy way to be. So, okay. well, let's talk about that because yeah, yeah the, the, this is the world we're in and I have an eight year old and she dances and she's at dance three days a week. And mm -hmm. now we have an only, so it's easy for us, right? We can, it's mm -hmm. easy for us to get her places and stuff like that. And the, and I'm telling you that 80% of the conversations that we as parents have as we're sitting at dance and watching our kids dance is about whose kid is where and when they have to go there. And then we've got to do this. And then the, the son's at baseball. And then this one needs to be at soccer. And then we've got this concert and all they do. I just feel like an Uber driver. I mean, I, this is our conversation <laughs> and you're, and, and, and you're telling us, well, okay, mate, that's probably not the way we want to live. So how do we allow and support our kids to be able to do these things and yet not make them feel like that they set the schedule? Well, first of all, it's okay for kids not to do everything. So remember when your kid gets involved in dance or soccer or theater or whatever, that the people on the other end of that, it's their, they have a huge incentive to get mm -hmm. your kid to do more of it. Right. Sometimes it's a financial incentive. Sometimes it's just that this is truly their passion mm -hmm. that, you know, for all of their life, all they've wanted to do is I'm going to go with dance, but normally I'd go with a sport here well, is dance. And too. now they you know, they, they see your kid coming up and there are so many opportunities for your kid and they would like to help your kid do that. Not every opportunity is going to be right for your family. And everything that you guys do needs to be looked at from that perspective. You know, great. You'd like to add jazz. That's fantastic. But jazz is only on Wednesday. Wednesday is the night that your mother plays tennis and I regularly stay late for a work meeting. So we have a choice. If we can afford it, we can maybe find someone else, you know, or you, I mean, eight's a little, eight is too young, but mm -hmm. you know, an older child, you can try to find yourself rides. But if that's not going to work, then it's not going to be jazz this semester. It'll be jazz next semester, this semester tap, sorry, or not even sorry. Just these are, these are the, you know, nobody gets to do everything all the time. So, you know, one way to do it is, is to start to try to say no to things. Another way is to resist that expectation that you be the person that drives and not, you know, not you personally, but that a parent has to drive everywhere or that the kid can. And I, let me just say, this is like a council of perfection. I have been known to drive one child somewhere, come back, get the other child and drive them somewhere just so that the other child wouldn't be in, can like lose an hour of being at home to do homework when they could have just come what. We all, you know, it's it's hard to make these choices. Well, there's um, no perfect. I mean, the bottom line no is we're perfect. doing the best we can. Yeah, There's no perfect. But sometimes the kid can be inconvenienced or can miss a practice or mm -hmm. can miss a class because it is better for you. And that does not have to mean because it is better for you because you are in the emergency room. Sometimes mm -hmm. it just means I had a really, really long day and 
tonight we just need a family dinner. I'm sorry. You know, yeah. you're not going to do that to a high school junior on a, you know, on a team that's depending on, on them when they're going to like lose all of their playing time. But especially when your kids are younger, mm-hmm. gee, you know, let, let a few, let a few things go here and there. It's, yeah. it's more than okay. And it also establishes for the kids. There's yeah. stuff that's more important than this stuff that we do outside of the house. Well, this is my takeaway from you today then is that I think you said it just the kids don't have to come first. We don't have to put them first. We have a responsibility, obviously, to <laughs> raise them and get, provide them opportunities and do fun things as a family. And yet they don't have to come first. And we've got to take care of us. And so yeah. if they aren't going to come first and we're going to take care of us, then our kids need to be able to do things for themselves. You've put that so well. You don't need me. <laughs> well, tell us how we do that part, because I'm just <laughs> looking at stuff from your book. You said the stuff and I'm just saying it. So so tell us about that step of it, because uh, we're, we're kids don't come first. We're going to take care of us. Obviously, then they need to be able to do things for themselves. How do we create those kids? Because, I mean, I just what a few months ago, I read a story about a kid who goes to college and the nanny comes with them. You know, it's like, how do we how do we not have that happen? Well. Easiest way to not have that happen is to have such a rich and full, or possibly really, really busy because you have financial and other responsibility necessities, you know, necessities that you cannot do everything for your child. So the easiest way to do it is to be set up in a position where sometimes you really find yourself forced to look at the child and say, "Hey, sorry, I can't. I I got caught up." I won't be at the school for two hours. You got to find somewhere to be, or you can find yourself a ride home. So, you know, hey, I'm not going to be home. Or this is for older kids. I'm not going to be home around dinner time tonight. What can you make for yourself and your, you know, younger or older sibling? So being in a position where you can't do those things, you know, and your your child says, can you help with your homework? And and you say, you know, I can't, but I, I can give you five minutes, but I've, you know, got these other things going on. Being in a position where you can't is an easy way to do it. But, you know, realistically, most of us can. Most of our kids are at more risk of us doing too much for them and providing too well for them and giving them too many things than they are of having being neglected or otherwise, you know, not not having the things that that they need. So to Take a minute to decide, okay, some things in my kid's life are my th- my kid's problem. And this is wholly, totally age dependent. I would say that for every child from kindergarten straight on up through 12th grade, their homework is 100% their problem. Hmm. Their school is 100% their problem. Pajama day, if they remember pajama day, yay. If they don't remember pajama day, oh, well, they're wearing clothes. They're fine. Those things do not need, not only do they not need to be on your plate, they should not be on your plate. Because I've talked to a lot of teachers and what they have told me, especially the teachers of the younger kids, is that that homework, so you think your teacher, the teacher sent home a math worksheet with the idea that your child would complete the math worksheet accurately and neatly and bring it back and for, for a grade. The teacher thinks I sent that math worksheet home to teach the child to do some work at home without being me standing over them and to put it in their backpack themselves and bring it back because sometimes, you know, you have to get things somewhere. So so the, the parent thinks, ah, goal of homework, 
accurate, complete return. The teacher thinks goal of homework, child learns to do it. I evaluate whether child has learned the concept and the littler kids, they tend, the, the teacher doesn't. This is not about whether or not they can make sentences out of their vocabulary words. It's about whether or not they can remember to get it out and then somehow get it back in and maybe not crumple it up and also put their name on it. So when we sit over them, when we take it on ourselves every night, as a lot of us do, to say, hey, do you have any homework? Okay, why don't you get it out? Oh, look, you got number four wrong. Hey, you better put your name on that. Hey, did you get your homework back in your backpack? Great. In the morning, got your backpack, got your homework. Don't forget to turn it in. Okay, we just defeated the whole point. So we've got to teach them then. I mean, at some point, we've got to say, here are the steps, right? And Or even ask. I could go to Naomi. Okay, Naomi, that's my daughter. And Naomi, what are the, what are the steps you've got to do every morning to get ready for school? And if she knows them, then I teach her. Hey, honey, then that's your responsibility to do those yep. steps. And I'm not going to ask you about them. And then you hey, got to let them screw it up. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the lesson here. And and. You know, we we had we'll have a maybe a school project every month, and my thought around it has always been, I'm just let her do it, whatever she thinks is right, we're gonna do, and that's what we do. And then we're in the classroom and we see them all, <laughs> I know and and going. and hers is like the worst one, right? Uh-huh. And and it's fine too. And even the her teacher hers said the other day, like an eight year old, did it, it does, <gasps> you got it. And the teacher looks at the other one and she's like, yeah, well, obviously the parent helped with this one and this one and this one and this one, and we're not doing that now. I am doing, have you done your 20 minutes of reading today? You know, that's one of her dailies. You got to read for 20 minutes. That's a daily. And I'm asking. And then she's got some stuff doing the computer. And I'm going, did you get that in? Okay, did you put it in the backpack? And what I'm hearing from you is she knows what she's supposed to do. And she knows the consequences of not doing them. So it put the ball in her court and let her figure it out. Some of the balls, like, you know, sort of gradually. Maybe you still remind her about her dance stuff because that's going to throw your life off if she forgets her dance stuff because you guys are going to have to drive back home. I don't know. But that homework, if she doesn't get that in, you're going to be fine. Yeah. It's 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 no skin off your, and she, Mm -hmm. it's, it's all of, and she's going to be fine. She's eight. Right. So to let them, an important thing to remember is that we want our kids to screw this stuff up while they're little. Mm. You want your second and third and fourth and fifth and sixth and seventh grader to learn to manage their time, to experience that thing that happens to all of us where we had a project that the teacher specifically does design, so it almost can't be done in one night. And that's Mm -hmm. the teacher. The teacher's doing that on purpose. They're not trying to do it to see if the parents can you know, organize their time. Presumably, you, you can. They want the kid to learn. So- let them learn that in seventh grade instead of their junior year yeah. or instead of their junior year of college when right. really, I mean, that's that's what we're seeing with these news stories is we're seeing a lot of kids who just didn't have the opportunity. And some of us, and I number myself among them, some of us need to have that opportunity a lot. Mm. Some of us need to screw up and procrastinate and put something off until the last minute when we pop, can't possibly do as good a job of it as we could have done over and over. Some of us might still be doing it, (laughs) but how, you know, better to learn when the the stakes are low, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. All right. What's the final takeaway for these dads? What's the one message you want them to get out of our conversation? 
the one message to get is, is, is to let yourself make choices based on what you would like to do today. The book is How to Be a Happier Parent, Raising a Family, Having a Life, and Loving Almost Every Minute. Just tell us how we can find the book and how we can stay in contact with you and, and see the other things that you're working on. You can stay in contact. You can, I'm all over. My website is kjdelantonia.com. If you would like to get an occasional email from me about riffs on happier parenting, books, and usually a little touch of farm life because we didn't get into it, but I I live on a farm in rural New Hampshire. You can go to followkj.com and sign up. Usually while you're there, right now, as you and I talk, it's pre-holiday. There's something, uh, there's a a set of holiday stuff that people are getting, but normally when you come and sign up, you get my 10 mantras for happier parents, which we talked we sort of skirted around the edges mm-hmm. of them, but just 10, it's a printable, doable stuff that you can do right now to make your day a little bit happier. And you can find me on Instagram at KJDA and Twitter and Facebook at KJ Delantoni. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you taking time out to talk with these dads today and uh, giving us some good advice that world doesn't have to revolve around our kids. We can help them, we can support them, and we've got to keep doing the things that interest us and that'll help us be happier. I like it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Good stuff from KJ. I know we talked about a ton. And in fact, you might want to go back and listen to it again. I wrote down the four things to think about for us as parents. Number one, you know, we, uh, as, as our kids are younger, are probably more involved. And as they get older, we've got to let them become more independent. And when we recognize that, that's going to help us be happier. Number two, Don't put our kids' needs before our own. And she talked like, you know, maybe there's a project due or something like that. We had this happen not too long ago where Naomi uh, was asked to do a kind of a project on the history of her family. And we put a lot of that, you know, as part of her responsibility. I remember being kind of involved in working in it that there were times I thought, you know, we just need to step back. So we had fun. Terry and I had fun kind of going in and, and learning different things about the family when it came to, and Naomi did a lot of it too, when it came to putting the project together and making the board and what's going to go where and cut this out and color this and what do you want to put a picture here, write a story here, whatever, we just let Naomi do that. And I think that took a little bit of stress away that maybe was there at the beginning of the project. Number three thing KJ said was find good in the day-to-day. That's the truth. You know, there's a a thing I heard one time from a mentor of mine where she said, what you focus on expands. And if we're focusing on all the stressors and the negativity going on in our world, well, we just get more of that. And if we can find some good in the day-to-day, then ultimately that will make our life better. And then the fourth thing I wrote down, ignore the noise. There's uh, There's a lot going on, a lot of distractions, a lot of stuff happening. And if we can just kind of stay focused on what's important to us, what's happening with our kiddos, how we can support them, and, and, and at the end of the day, how can we take care of us? Well, then we'll probably be happier. Good stuff. Hey, let's wrap up the way we wrap up every Positively Dad episode, and that's with a visit to the Kids Corner. And you know, with today's conversation about how to be a happier parent, uh, I mentioned it to Naomi, and, and she thought of something that, that could kind of make you sad that she instead decides to make her happy. So here we go, the Kids Corner with Naomi. What are the kids thinking? Time to find out in the Kids Corner with your host, Naomi. Hello, my name is Naomi and today I will be talking about rain. So rain 
helps plants grow, it helps us grow, it helps a bunch of other things. It helps everything. Without rain, we would not be alive. And also, without rain, the oceans couldn't have water. And without the oceans, we couldn't have water to drink. And showers. And baths. So sometimes when it rains, it makes us sad. But remember how good rain is for you. And it'll make you so happy that we have rain. And maybe afterwards, you can go jump in puddles. That's it for me. It's going to have a great day. Bye. Good stuff from the kid. Good lessons there, too. Hey, I want to thank you for listening to Positively Dad today. Like I told you at the beginning, we're the number 91 parenting podcast in the United States. I actually found out we're number 77 in the UK. So hello to all our UK listeners. Um, and, And I just appreciate you. You know, all of our growth comes from you. It's all organic. It comes from you sharing the podcast with other people, from you posting it on your Facebook pages or your Twitter accounts or or whatever. And so I want to thank you for doing that because we don't spend any money because it doesn't make any money. And so I'm not spending any money uh, on advertising or marketing the show. Everything's organic. So it comes from you. And when you rate us or review us, that helps us as well. When you give us five stars wherever you're listening and, and you write a review, that helps other people find out about us too. And, and uh, I think they would enjoy this message. So if you wouldn't mind, if you do that, we'd be grateful. And then finally, the last thing would be if you have a chance, would you go and follow us on our social media pages? We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search at Positively Dad, and you can connect with us there. Thanks so much for listening again today. I'm James Shaw. We'll talk to you next time on Positively Dad. Have a great day. Bye-bye.